Brock Shining is an attorney, author, and consultant with a love for people, strategic perspective, and a zeal to help his clients succeed. Brock is the founder of the law office of Brock Shinen Inc., which represents most of the largest and fastest growing churches in America. His client list is literally a who's who of leaders, ministry organizations, churches, worship leaders and songwriters, and Christian business leaders. His business expertise has been recognized by Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, Fox, CBS, NBC, ABC, Faith Radio Network, Moody Broadcasting Network, Orange County Lawyer Magazine, and numerous other sources. Brock has written three Amazon number one best-selling books, Crust the Stops, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Finishing Things, The Christian Entrepreneur, Dream, Plan, Execute, Grow, and Strategy is Greater Than Crisis, The Nine Imperatives for Pivoting Through Impossible Times. As you can tell, Brock is someone you want on your team. He is a man of many talents and is someone that is known for helping people. Not only has he overcome many different challenges in his own life, but he is an amazing example of someone who helps others overcome, which is the goal, which is success. Overcome to help others do the same. Brock loves going on adventures with his wife and two children. He loves to cook. And as you hear in this conversation, you will be inspired to take what you have to overcome yourself and then help others do the same. This is my conversation with my friend, Brock Shinen. To overcome means to defeat or prevail over. To succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty. To overpower, conquer, vanquish, and triumph over opposition. We are all overcomers. In season three of Man Camp, we are sharing the stories of men who faced trials head on, overcame, and came out on the other side strengthened by the journey. Join us as the hope found in these stories move us to action, to risk, find courage, step out again, and embrace our call as overcomers. Join the camp. We want to take just a minute to say thank you to our partners at World Vision. They are making this podcast possible, and they are impacting children's lives all over the world. We'll tell you a little bit more later about how you can be a part of this, but for now, to get more information, text MANCAMP to 56170. Thank you so much, World Vision. We are so grateful to be partnering with you to change people's lives. Well, welcome to the Man Camp Podcast. We've got another amazing episode coming up here. I have my 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 friend, my good friend, Brock Shinen. Brock, how you doing? I'm doing great, Zach. Happy to be here. Thanks for jumping on. And as uh, guys got to hear your intro, you have a a wide range of skill sets and amazing things that you you do to help other people. And I'll say this firsthand: my own life, Jesus culture. Many of my friends have benefited from you and the strength and expertise and just awesome guy that you are. Well, that's sweet. I appreciate it. <laughs> a little And a little known secret about Brock is he's got some mad cooking skills. We were actually just talking about uh, what he had cooked this last weekend. Uh, it's one of your outlets, right? Cooking. It and- is, man. Yeah, it's creative. It kind of reduces the stress. So I can't, I can't live without some cooking. <laughs> exactly. I have this theory... Um, because I like to cook too. I'm not at your level, but um, cooking is very therapeutic for me. And part of the reason it's therapeutic is there's a start, there's a finish, and there's immediate results. Like it's either good or bad. And 
you know, I, I'm sure you could relate to this. A lot of like what I do for work and ministry, it's there's not it's not like a project that ends. It's like ongoing. And so cooking is kind of therapeutic. It's like, hey, well, it worked. It didn't work. <laughs> and, it, you know, and you enjoy doing it. So I, I don't know. Cooking's cooking's a a fun outlet. Totally accurate. Well, uh, Brock, we're, you know, this season we're focusing on this theme of overcoming. And um, one of the things that you do so well is you help other people overcome. I mean, you're a consultant. You've written several books. We'll talk about some of those. Um, definitely some of the guys out there need to check out Brock's books. You're also an attorney. But so many things that you do, your expertise, your heart, I mean, you help people overcome a challenge an obstacle, maybe it's legally or you know practically in starting a business, you consult people and you're constantly helping other people. And um, you know, some of the interviews we've done, we're, we're, we're talking about people's stories and the, the obstacles they, they face. And we're gonna talk about your story, but I wanna start with this thing where you, you help people overcome by serving, bringing your strength and expertise, which is amazing. What, what motivates you to do that? I, I know it's my life's calling, Zach. I mean, I know it's my life's work. I know it's my life's calling. I've known since I was a kid that my purpose on this planet is to help other people. And that view has gone through different iterations of like what it means, you know, and like I grew up in my parents in ministry. So when I was a kid, I thought, oh, naturally I'm a pastor, I'm a worship leader, missionary, you know, whatever. And then, you know, you get a little education, you, you start to see there's other options. And I thought, oh, I'll be a psychologist. That makes total sense. But as you go through life, you, you, see, you see opportunities unfold. But I think most people are still trying to figure out, like, why they're here, <laughs> you know. And I, and I can say that I really felt God tell me, you know, from a young age, you're here to build and serve other people. And, and so I'm like, I'm on it, you know. Which is amazing because, I mean, I, you know, you don't want to stereotype, but what you're, you, you do a lot of things. We're going to talk about, I love the books that you've written and how you consult. I personally, like, you're one of those guys, you're a friend, but you're, you're someone that has been walking with Jesus culture where I work as well as uh, my own life. Like, I'll call you up. We're starting a church. Brock, what do I do? <laughs> but you, <laughs> like, you, you have these expertise, which, you know, the stereotype with an attorney, for example, is... <laughs> The concept is like, I'm not here to help you. It's like, hey, I'm going to make money. And, you know, like yeah. that's not the, the track. And obviously that's a generalization. There's a lot of great attorneys out there. But sure, you kind of break that stereotype on multiple levels where your end goal is not how do I make more money or how do I, you know, fill in the blank. You're actually like, hey, I want to help you get what you need to accomplish your call, your vision. That's uncommon. It's not the norm. Yeah, I, I know that. I mean, it's for, for years, it was kind of hard to say that because it feels so like self, whatever, gratifying or, you know, like patting yourself on the back. But I don't think you can fully embrace your calling until you fully embrace your calling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think part of that's just being honest. And, and the truth is like, yeah, there, there are ways I can make a lot more money that don't benefit the people that I'm trying to serve. But I can't imagine, you know, here's a perfect example. I can't imagine being in a room with you, Zach, or being on a call with you and you saying, hey, Brock, what should I do about this? And not that I don't know the answer, but, but I can't imagine not knowing that I haven't tried to figure out an answer. I have no problem saying I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, and there are a lot of things I don't know, obviously, but it's, it's like, 
I, it's in me to want to be like, just provide as much resourcing as I can. And I know that's abnormal for lawyers because you extract money a certain way. You extract money through secrecy. And then like, you know, I'm, you know, I have all, all the answers, but, but I found so much more of an alignment with what God's called me to do by simply saying, I don't, I don't care about the money that'll come. I, I care about the person God put in front of me and how much can I give to them? How much can I research for them? How much can I help them understand what they're going through? You know? Yeah. And, and the thing that's crazy about you too, is that you, you're so motivated to help people that you didn't just stay in the lane of, I'm just going to be an attorney. You're really good. You do a great job. Like you're known for that, but you write books and you're consulting people and you're speaking, like you've started podcasts and the common theme in everything you're doing is not this thing to, I'm making a name for myself. Every, every part of the content is to help other people. And I wanted to start focusing on this is because this is the goal for us as men is if we can bring our skills, our gifts, our strength, and then give it away and help other people. I mean, starting with our, our kids and our marriages, but in our careers, there's actually a calling and a destiny. And Watching you is, it's not only inspiring, but I see you, how you help, like your motivation is to help other people overcome what's in front of them. Like, that's huge. Can you tell, like, share how or what even led you to, because you're constantly, you're, you're a, an attorney, but then you're an entrepreneur. And like some of the things that you're going after, like, don't fit this grid, which I love, but this, this theme of helping other people walk in their call and overcome is huge. And, and it's motivated you to do a lot of things. It is interesting because I do think, you know, what, what powers me is having a, a complete connection and dependence on Jesus. And when I think about what, what would keep me from, you know, I ask myself, so what you just asked me, there are times I'll ask myself like, Lord, what, what's going on? <laughs> like, why does, why is my brain wired this way? What, what's behind it? And, you know, there are a lot of conversations I have with God about it, but I feel like, I feel like I can't do anything if I'm separated from God. I can't, I have zero power. Like I, I truly believe, you know, he's the vine and we're the branches and apart from him or nothing. And so for me, I, I do think that the reason why so many people struggle in this particular area is fear, you know, fear of, well, how am I going to make money? You know, I, I laid that at God's feet in part. And, and I, I don't want to say that like easily. I grew up without money. I mean, my dad is a pastor and it was a typical like, and, and we're in an isolated small desert town, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. So it was a very small church, very small, you know, everything. And I grew up just having this utter dependence on God because I knew there's no other way to do it. But I realized when I think about what kind of powers me versus, well, why isn't everyone like this? Like, why isn't everyone doing this with whatever God's given them? And I realize I'm not afraid to put food on the table because God will provide it. I'm not afraid to earn, you know, to not earn a paycheck. I'm not afraid to be embarrassed. I'm not afraid to look like a complete idiot. I'm not afraid of those things because I truly believe even if I do, even if I'm broke and destitute and, and everything goes wrong, God's going to take care of me. Cause that's, that's what I learned very young. God will take care of me. And so in my own mind, I kind of reverse engineer, like what's going on in my head. And I realize I'm not saying I don't have fears. I'm just saying, whatever fears I have, I say, God, I have no choice, but to trust you. So 
if I can give away more and it kind of goes to the heart of like, why am I writing books? Why am I doing courses and all this kind of stuff? Because I feel like God just dumped a, an ocean in my head and said, Hey, Brock steward this. And I'm like, I'm not just going to let it sit there and just be in a, an attorney lane where I let out, you know, bits and pieces with a few people here and there. I'm like, God, you put an ocean in my head. I'm going to, I'm going to create some waterways for that to get out and start serving the community around me, you know? Yeah. And, and this is huge because I think if we're honest, one of the, the things you can look at some of the most successful people in the world that don't have purpose and are unhappy or discouraged, depressed, no matter how much money or success they have, when there is a connection to calling purpose, that's where life comes. And so, you know, for you, your, your own story, how you started, but then even where you're at now, like there are guys that are listening right now that you have amazing talents and gifts and God wants to activate, give life purpose to you as you give away to other people. But it has to start with exactly where you're talking. So I, I want to dive into this more. And there's kind of this, you know, you're sharing some of your story. You grew up in, in ministry, a pastor's kid, and then obviously became an attorney. But in knowing you and your journey, like this, no matter what you do or where you're at, this journey that, that we go through as men or even as people is is very similar no matter what the outcome or what you do or where you're at, no matter what your story is. And it's huge because the enemy wants to steal this identity, calling, purpose in our life. And then this is how we get isolated, discouraged, alone in success or even in failure. And this is why I love what you're doing. Like you're living this thing of, I'm going to, to the best of my ability, help, resource, serve other people. But it started with, and you mentioned this already, like embracing your calling, embracing who God made you to be. And now there's this purpose, strength, and life. So kind of go backwards into a little bit more of your story. You, you grew up in ministry, but like, how did you end up becoming an attorney and embracing this calling, really, that you walk in that God's created you to? Because like, this is true for all of us, but you know, this, w- w- how did this happen for you? Yeah, it's, it, it was a journey that I never could have. Like in retrospect, I never could have figured out where God was taking me. In all honesty, it wasn't like, you know, kids that like watch a doctor on TV and like, ah, that's what I'm going to be. And every step along the way is towards that. Um, it was what, what I see if I look back in my life is the only pattern that I could see is that God was helping me learn how to serve. God was helping me to learn how to gain knowledge. God was helping me learn discipline and all of these things that were necessary. I don't think it matters that I'm an attorney. I don't think it matters if I was a forklift operator. I don't think it matters if I worked at Starbucks or I was an astronaut. In all honesty, I think that what God was cultivating in me was a a certain type of character and a certain type of steward. And that's still being worked out. You know, I'm not, I I haven't arrived in uh, at all, right? But when I think about what got me there, you know, like, it's funny, I could tell all these different bits of story, but becoming an attorney was because I was in graduate school to become a clinical psychologist. And this is not something I talk about very, you know, publicly very often, but my mom, uh, I I got a call at three in the morning one night when I was in graduate school from a doctor telling me that my mom was killed in a car crash and the rest of my family is in the hospital and, you know, other passengers with broken backs and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, you know, it's like you find yourself on one trajectory and then I, I just was like, God, 
I don't, I think I'm in your will, but if I'm not like whatever you want, I don't want to live a life where I'm not 100% in your will. And so I, I felt like he told me a bunch of things to do and I did them. And in the course of events, you know what, I don't remember exactly, but let's say two years later, I felt like he said, and now I want you to go to law school. I'd never thought about being a lawyer. So it's funny because a lot of times people assume like, oh, you, you know, if you're a lawyer, that's something you wanted since you're a kid. I'm like, no, it was something that God told me to do. And I said yes to, and then I did it. You know wow. what I mean? Wow. So it was just obedience to what was in front of you. It is. And I think, Zach, you know, especially given the topic, you know, that we're talking about, I think as men, we're afraid. We're afraid to look stupid. We're afraid to look weak. We're afraid to be vulnerable. And, you know, I know a lot of guys are very vulnerable or whatever, um, and they don't, they don't have to be macho, but I think underlying all of us, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a macho guy, you know, I don't mind crying when there's a good movie on, you know, whatever. But I think in order to fully tap into what God has for us, I'm not saying you have to, you know, cry at a good movie, but I do think that you have to be able to be vulnerable and look stupid and look weak because God doesn't need us to be macho. He doesn't need us to be perfect. He doesn't need us to be like without any, you know, kink in the armor. What he needs is people that are obedient and vulnerable, I, I believe. And and even with fear, but the way that we deal with it is saying, God, I'm afraid, but you're going to protect me. You're going to do this, not me, not my bravado, you know? So when I, when I look at it, I, that's my answer that I kind of reinforce with myself is, I have to keep doing these things every day. I have to keep myself vulnerable. I have to keep myself connected. I have to keep myself, it's okay if I look stupid. You know, when I put out something on, on Facebook and there's two people that like it, you know, and I have to be okay with that because I know if one of those people is served by what I put out, it was worth it. Well, we're going to take just a quick break from this interview with Brock to tell you about something amazing that our partners at World Vision are doing to really change the way child sponsorship and changing a child's life in their community takes place. And so really the, the idea of child sponsorship is not something new. We make the decision our family does this to sponsor a child. In this case, it's for $39 a month. And you impact a child and their community in the most extreme poverty and help provide the most basic needs of life. But even more importantly, you are providing hope and a way out and, and a way for the, the script to be turned and changed. And one of the coolest things about what World Vision is doing, because there's thousands of children waiting to be sponsored, but they've changed the way it's done by giving children through this new program they're calling Chosen, the opportunity to choose you, to be a part of being powerful and stepping out of this whole pattern of poverty and often what has been handed down to them and actually choose you to be a part of the solution to change things. And so it's really simple. All you've got to do is text MANCAMP to 56170. You'll get more information. You can start this journey of changing a child's life, putting power to choose back in a child's hand and give them a chance to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Our family is doing this. We want to invite you to be a part of it. We believe in what World Vision is doing. and We're so grateful to be a part of uh, seeing kids' lives change. So we want to say thank you to our partners at World Vision. We're going to jump back into this interview with Brock and 
I love, I love what we're talking about with Brock because we're diving into this thing of helping other people, which is what World Vision is doing and what we want to be doing as men. So let's jump back into our interview with Brock. I want to ask you two questions. The first is, do you deal with comparison ever, or even like as you were early into your you're studying to be a psychologist, you grew up in ministry. You know, I think a lot of people, especially believers, that we look in the church and ministry is the pinnacle of, you know, success as far as spiritually <laughs> combined, you know, like, yeah. And, and honestly, it's robbing the, the yeah. full destiny of the contractor, the, the attorney, yes. the doctor, the business owner that that lives fully alive, releasing the kingdom where they're at. So did you ever deal with that like comparison issue of like, what am I doing? I'm a, I'm a high, I'm a really competitive person in sports. Like if, if you and I were going to like, you know, play one-on-one, uh, well, I don't play basketball anymore because I've ruptured both my Achilles. But if I did, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to go at you as hard as I can. Yeah. But in life, I feel zero competitiveness with you or anyone else. Like, I just, I'm not built that way. I, I compete when the venue is competition, but life is not a competition. So I think there's a part of it where I don't feel that comparison aspect. But what's funny is if there is any area in my life, you just hit the nail on the head. Because I was raised around ministry, I spent my whole life in and outside of ministry. And there's always been this, like, I'm less than. I'm an attorney that, and a consultant that serves these people. I'm an author. I'm a, you know, all this stuff, but I'm not a pastor. And I feel less than, like, I feel like I'm eating at the kids' table when, and I know it's weird because, I mean, it's just weird. It, like, let's call it what it is. It's weird, but I feel that sometimes, not, not as much as I used to, but I honestly, like the first 10 years of, of me kind of going into my profession, I would feel like I'm at the kids' table and the, and the true, you know, like the adults are the, are the, you know, pastors and stuff. But I realize you know, there's so many things wrong with that. And so many, we can have a whole, you know, episode about that issue, but I've kind of gotten to the place where I'm like, you know, God didn't make an adult's table and a kid's table. We're serving where we're at and we choose to either embrace that or we don't, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're right. That's a whole nother, it's like a whole podcast, but I, like, I, I wanted to highlight that because the end result is like probably more pastors than most come to you asking, Hey, how do I, how do I do this? Or getting advice, you know, and you're releasing strength. And this is the thing that God's called us to be who he's made us to be, to release strength to other people. And if the enemy can distract us and make us be something, we're not, you know, be like something else, whatever it is, then we're not fully releasing the strength that he's given to us to give away. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, what for you? Like you, you're constantly serving and helping other people um, with your time, and you know, consulting, giving uh, perspective, wisdom, strategy. W- like, what motivates you to to do that over and over and over? Because you have such a a servant's heart to help other people, which is not the default response for for many of us. Yeah, I think it's a combination of like. Like, I'm not searching for my destiny. I'm not trying to figure out how I crack the code to happiness. I'm not like, I'm not in some desperate panic to figure things out. What I'm in a desperate panic to do is to use what God's given me. 
And if he's given me the ability to learn and share, or, you know, one thing I could see in my life, I, I have the ability to really understand complex things, but I also talk like, uh, you know, fourth grader. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's weird because I can understand these complex topics and I could sit at a, in a boardroom of, a, you know, a conglomerate, you know, multinational conglomerate and feel completely comfortable. But when I communicate, everybody in the room understands. And I say that because what drives me, what motivates me is knowing that there are people that are embarrassed that they don't know. So they don't ask. There are people that um, are struggling financially and they don't know how to get help. And I know I can help them. There are people that their businesses are suffering and they're on the verge of bankruptcy. There are people that are miserable in their lives. And I know that what good am I if I have something that can help them and I don't help them. I mean, I did, I did some videos on last week for, for some different professionals that they didn't ask me, but I can see some, some weaknesses in their system. And so I just got in front of my webcam and I, I said, I'm going to spend 15 minutes with you and I'm just going to give you my thoughts. And I sent it to them. I sent it to a few, you know, a couple of them didn't even acknowledge receipt. And I think I'm okay with that because if, if it, five years down the road, they share it with somebody else and it helps them, I'm okay with that. And I think that's the key is you have to be okay with win or lose your, your obedience and saying yes to what God puts in front of you is the key factor, I yeah. think. So your motivation is not even recognition. Your motivation is to give away really strength, encouragement, you know, any, any of those things. And that actually... You know, because some of us will stop. Like, I don't want to help you. Like, I'm doing all this stuff, and you don't even appreciate it. <laughs> I think sometimes we don't serve because we're like, well, like people don't even value what I have. But if our goal is to help, regardless of the response, you're, we're going to keep going. Well, let me say this, Zach. You know, I've I've had this conversation with my wife sometimes too. It's like you can go through life and be hurt and bothered. You know, people aren't responding to you. They're not taking your advice or whatever. But if I look at myself and I say, I'm a drinking fountain and I have a never ending supply of cold, fresh water, <laughs> people are going to come and, and, you know, take a drink and walk away. So do I get upset with them or do I say I'm serving my purpose? And I, and, and people are, you know, this whole like zero sum game, like, well, what if I run out of water? I know where my connection is. My water line's never going to run dry. So me recognizing that I'm a cold, refreshing drink of water at a water fountain, like I'm going to keep giving that. And regardless of people saying thank you or spitting in, in, you know, on the faucet as they walk away, I'm okay because I know what my source is. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so good. What would you say to the guys that are listening and maybe have, you know, whatever skill set or <clears throat> things that they can serve other people? I, I think if we could get this... <laughs> to serve, like as men, especially like not taking, but giving like, man, what, what would happen in our families, our kids, our cities, our, our, the places we have influence. But what would you say to the men that are listening about even overcoming those obstacles to walk in your identity fully and serve, you know, with, without recognition or whatever? Yeah. I would say start small. Cause we all, you know, the funny thing is even with service, like we're, we're guys, like we want to go big, but I would say fold chairs and don't let anyone see you folding them. Don't let anyone acknowledge you putting them away and then walk out before somebody sees you, before somebody catches you serving, walk out, don't let them. 
you know, um, if there's a mess, clean it up and don't let anybody see that you cleaned it up and just keep on walking. Because if you can cultivate a, a life of small little, like, you know what, somebody dropped something, I pick it up, I throw it in the trash. Somebody left their cart in the parking lot. I'm going to just wheel it over. Somebody left, you know, there's chairs that need to be folded, like pick up the slack, but avoid recognition. And I'm not saying like that becomes the focus, like, oh, you know, he never, like he always runs out, but then you're just building a, like a different version of the same thing. But I think if you could quietly cultivate a, a minor services, it turn, you know, if we're faithful in little, we'll be faithful in much. It turns into a lifestyle of, you know, when you serve, I think if a bunch of things happen. One of those things that happens is we, we realize God takes care of us. We realize if we pay attention that, you know what, if you give a little bit more, you don't have to worry about losing because God somehow slipped a few extra bucks in there. God somehow slipped a few extra, like, good job, Rock, in there. Yeah. And that's the thing I think we can cultivate is guys don't, don't, don't feel like you need to like go arrange the next uh, service team and, and like build an infrastructure. Just go fold a chair, right? Yeah. So good. And I want to stay on this vein just for a minute because I think whether it's going on an adventure or starting a business, um, some of these things really practically that we can build to really strength or serve other people. Like, I, I think you're so right. We're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to climb a mountain. Let's do Everest, you know? And, you know, that's actually a good totally. trait, but I love what you're saying. Like we have to start somewhere. I mean, you, you've written, a, you've written several books, but you know, you wrote, wrote a book called the Christian entrepreneur. You wrote another book called strategy crisis. And a lot of this is very practical things. And, and th this is why I'm focusing on this. I think there are guys that are listening right now that you're called to live alive and go on an adventure. You're called to build your business or start a business or, you know, do this amazing thing. And I think we get paralyzed though, because we're like, we can see the end, but we don't know how to start. And what you're talking about, like, this is how we overcome being paralyzed or stuck or doing nothing or not walking our identities. We have to like take these steps and you've, I mean, th this is one of the things that you just do naturally to you are, whether you're consulting or, you know, your books or things like that. But like, talk more about this thing because there are guys listening that are called to do great things, but great things start with what you're exactly what you're saying, the simple thing, you know, and, and I think we get stuck or paralyzed. I think we do. I know we do. And I think part of it is because we actually don't like the process. We want the end result. And I think if you, if you, I, we don't need like the foot, you know, the footprints uh, poem, you know, like those kinds of analogies to make us realize that, you know, the process is the key part I think that Jesus cares about. And, and not only that, but I do think the process is where we become the very thing that we know we're destined for. So without that process, we don't become that thing. And so if God says you, you're going to be the next, you know, uh, you know, Elon Musk or whatever, you know, whatever that thing is for you, or you're going to conquer Everest 17 times in your lifetime, whatever, we don't get there without the process. No one lands on the top of the mountain. Um, so if we start to embrace, you know, I've, I've read, you know, Navy SEALs embrace the suck, you know, there's all these different, um, you know, little anecdotes for the idea that if you embrace the process and stop worrying about what's ahead of you, you'll actually become really adept at, at managing your circumstances. And we're paralyzed in part because we, we know we're going to screw up. 
in the process. We know we're going to fail. We know we're not going to hit the mark because if you took me out, look, I, I can shoot a gun. I could shoot a bow. You know, I could do this, all these things. But if you said, Brock, we're going to go out with a, with a cannon. Well, I've never shot a cannon. And I might miss the mark, right? And it might be embarrassing because I might be 100 yards off the target <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But if I'm okay with learning and missing the mark, then by the time, I mean, Canon's probably not the best you know, analogy, but <laughs> you know, by the time we really need to do what we need to do, I'm going to be much better at it. And so for me, it's embracing the everyday learning cycle of becoming better. I read a ton. I study a ton. I'm a sponge in whatever environment I'm in. I'm listening. You know, if, if, if I'm in a room, I'm listening. I'm learning. If, if we as guys can be more in the mindset of, I don't need to worry about people's perception of my genius or my accuracy, I need to worry about learning as much as I can. You'll be better equipped the next time you're in that room. And pretty soon you're going to be the guy that everyone's looking to, but you won't get there if you just come in and you haven't spent the time in the process, you know? So good. And it just changes your perspective of failure. Like you said, it's actually not failure. If it's learning, it's part of the process to get to where you want to go. Yeah. When they say failure is just when you give up, right? So Anything before giving up is not failure, it's learning. Whoa, come on. Okay, so so anything else you would say to encourage, challenge? There's guys that are listening like, okay, we're getting fired up. I'm going to use what God's given me. What would you say to, to encourage them, challenge them as they step out, you know, embracing the process today? I, I think the one thing that repeatedly strikes me is how many people get a vision of the end goal and try and reverse engineer and figure out what it takes to get there and leave God out of that process. So if you'll be obedient and just take one step every single day in what God puts in front of you, you'll wind up where God puts you. You know, I grew up knowing I would serve people, assuming it meant pastor. So I could have spent my entire life leading towards pastor. But when I said yes to God, I'm now a lawyer and a consultant and author and speaker, stuff I never anticipated. So I would have got it wrong. So what I'm saying to you guys is that if you want to get it right, don't focus on that end goal. Focus on being obedient, what God puts in front of you today. Say, yes, do that thing. Do it tomorrow. Do it the next day. And you'll find yourself in God's vein. You'll find yourself where he's destined you. And what you envision as your destiny is never going to be as good or as beautiful or as as powerful as what God has destined you for ever. So good. Like it's always bigger. It's always better. Man, well, uh, can I can I do this? I, I want to um, actually highlight two things. One, what are some of the other resources? I mean, you've written several books. If you just go to Amazon, you can see, look up Brock Shinin, you'll see several of his books. He wrote another book called Crush the Stops. Um, uh, do you, other, what are some other resources that you have that you've just had tools that you give away to, to people to help step into this stuff? Yeah, easiest way to find them is on uh, brockshinen.com. I've just tried to make that like a center point for whatever I'm working on or, you know, videos or articles, because part of my intention is to get all my stuff out there everywhere. So there's no other single like way to find it other than brockshinen.com. Perfect. Go check that out. I, I think for a lot of you guys, there's just some really key practical tools that you can use to to go after whatever God's called you to. Can you do this, Brock, as we close? Do you mind just praying over the guys listening? I, I, as, as um, I was just thinking, and, you know, I really pray into these, 
episodes. And I, you know, like I said, knowing you, knowing what you carry, like the goal that, I mean, one of the reasons we even do this podcast is to encourage guys. But for me, the end goal is that, man, we are walking fully alive in who God created us to be to release strength and life to other people. And I just love that you embody that. You, you live that. You have authority because you've chosen to go after that over and over. And I want, just as we close today, if you don't mind praying over the guys that are listening, I, I, I'm so excited to hear what will come out of guys listening to this, maybe getting fresh perspective to keep going, to start, you know, to not give up, whatever it is, and in a practical way, go after serving other people, helping them overcome. Yeah. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we, we're, you're already here. We know that. But Lord, I ask that today as people listen, um, as this thing rolls out, as they listen, I just ask that you would activate their heart for today, for the moment, not just for, you know, the destiny, but for the moment. Lord, I ask that you would unlock the peace of each guy that's listening to say, I'm going to win this moment. I'm going to win this step. I'm going to win this decision. I'm going to win this battle right now. And not to worry, not get caught up in the future. We don't know what you've called us to. We don't know all that you've designed us for. And we couldn't even comprehend it, even if you showed it to us, Lord. But we can comprehend what you say to do in this very next step. So God, I ask that you'd help us to get in the, in the mindset and the habit, of taking one step at a time. And winning with you in that one step and focusing on winning in that one step, Lord, not that we don't prepare for the future, but that we take advantage of the opportunities you give us to serve and to develop and learn right now, immediately. God, I ask that you change our mindset on what it means to be a man in the kingdom and away from the macho and the bravado and the, you know, win at all costs to the serve at all costs, the vulnerable at all costs, the honest at all costs, the, the willing to lose at all costs. For your sake, Lord, I ask that you change our mindset and take away the, the unhealthy parts of being a man that, that all look like just fake, fake muscle, like we're wearing one of the fake muscle suits. Lord, put real muscles on us. Help us to walk in that real authority that comes from the day-to-day obedience and service to you, Lord. And I ask that you would just um, release uh, and, and dissipate fear. The guys that are struggling with fear of looking stupid or getting it wrong or just failing in general, Lord, I ask that you would just kill that that you'd end it right now, Lord, that there would just be a fearlessness to get it wrong, a fearlessness to serve you no matter what it looks like, no matter what it costs, Lord, that just like the Bible, just like the, the what we think of the Bible days, Lord, that we would serve in a way that's at all costs, whatever that means, Lord. Help us to have that mindset. Who you've called us to be, empower us to, to achieve that, Lord, in your name, amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much, Brock. I can't tell you enough how much I personally appreciate you, and I'm so thankful for you just taking the time to share this stuff. Man, it's so, sometimes the most profound things are the simplest yeses in front of you. And I I love as you're sharing your story, your journey, what you're challenging and encouraging guys with. Like, I'm stoked for... um, for just these practical tools to to get in front of us so we can go after and walk in the fullness of what God's called us to. So thanks for the time. Um, if you guys, I, I encourage you, go check out brockshining.com. Check out his resources. Um, these are really practical tools that probably will help a lot of you in whatever it is that is in front of you to build, go after, grow, learn. I, I love what you said, Brock, about just being a constant learner. So 
Um, man, I just want to encourage you guys. We are called to help not only overcome ourselves, but help other people overcome, serve them. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Man Camp Podcast. Um, we, one of the things we're really emphasizing this season is please tell us, send us your stories of how you've overcome or how even some of these episodes are helping encourage you to overcome the things in front of you. We love stories. We love hearing what God's doing in your life or even through your life. And so you can send us those. You can direct message us over Instagram or you can uh, send us an email at mancampatjesusculture.com. But we are, uh, we are privileged and honored to get to walk with you. And uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. Until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Man Camp Podcast. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at mancamp underscore podcast. If you have questions from this episode or previous episodes, send them to mancamp at jesusculture.com. Finally, if you've been impacted by Mancamp, please leave a review for us on iTunes and help us get the word out. Thanks for listening to Mancamp. We'll see you next time.